Let's Go Tokyo with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings. Hello and welcome to Let's Go Tokyo. Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings with you. It's August the 30th, day six of the Paralympics in Tokyo and wasn't the first week of the Games exciting to watch. We took home six gold in one day, saw records smashed, have seen Aussie legends in the making and it seems our knack for post-event comments has continued in the Paralympics. Yes, and of course Lakeisha Patterson set the standard after revealing she was more fried than a chook from KFC <laughs> after winning her 400-metre final. But she has been overtaken by her teammate Grant Patterson, by the way, no relation, uh, affectionately known as Scooter. I know you call me Skeeter, but it's Scooter, not Skeeter. Uh, Scooter, by the way, bronze, and his great mate Armoured Kelly Silver won their first Paralympic medals in Saturday's 150-metre individual medley. And while they were overjoyed to be on the podium together, their fierce rivalry still runs pretty deep through so many aspects of their lives. Yes, after the event, Scooter was saying, we even had a race (laughs) to the toilet this afternoon to see who could poo first. I'm not sure where we can go with that one, Benny. But um, let's get back. Let's get back in our lane, and let's go to the uh, table tally, where we're sitting eighth with eight gold, sixteen silver, thirteen bronze. But what about China's performance? Forty-seven gold, one hundred and six medals in total. Team GB and USA in their wake, but uh, China, they are just having a, a Paralympics. To remember. Oh, they're having a field day. And look, it's it's interesting, you know, because the temptation is to, uh, to you know, I guess <laughs> to stay very positive about it all. But if this was the Able Body Olympics and we went in with the sort of expect- expectations we did as uh, for the Paralympics, you'd probably be thinking at this point that, you know, you would have hoped that Australia was doing a little bit better, I reckon. I guess we've got a history in the Paralympics. Uh, Great history. Top, top five finishes. So I, we set the bar very high. Let's be honest. That's an extremely high bar to set uh, at Paralympic level, but that is exactly where we're at. So you could say a shade disappointing, um, perhaps so. And look, you do have uh, uh, meetings where you, you come back from London, for instance, uh, in the Olympics, where we thought, gee, that was that was poor from our athletes compared to what we've seen previously. So maybe our Paralympic team at this stage, bear in mind, we're halfway through. Yep, still plenty of time to go. But you're right. I mean, you've got to call it as you see it. And we thought they might be a little more advanced with medals, but that's not to say that... Might so, come home with a wet sail. That's exactly what we we're hoping. And uh, we're seeing plenty of great performances as we speak, including, dare I say, without going too far down the track, um, Perth's Matty Di Rosario, another fantastic effort from her and uh, flying the flag for WA with absolute aplomb at the weekend. And one of those medals went to one of our very own WA man, Ben Popham, who you might also recognise as one of the telethon stars in 2011. And we're so lucky right now to be talking to his mum, Jennifer. G'day, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you going? Now, he's already a gold medalist. He'll be back in the pool again tonight and tomorrow. You must be pretty proud and pretty excited. And nervous as well. (laughs) Rolling it all up together makes for a lovely cocktail. Uh, But Jennifer, you say nervous, and I I understand, as any parent would be, but surely the relief that came from that gold medal performance, and we saw the vision up at, I think it was June, up a big family gathering, uh, must have been just a magical moment for everyone involved. Yes, it gets very exciting to watch. Um, you always get, I get a little bit before the race, I get a little bit nervous. Even if he thinks he's going to do amazingly well, I still get nervous. Um, then he does his race and at the end my instant reaction is to go, 
Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so it's it's quite an emotional thing to watch when uh, he is racing. And then what did you, did you talk to him after he, he won the gold medal? What was that conversation about? We spoke to him a little bit um, later. Um, once they've done the race, especially if they medal, they have to cool down. There's a few media commitments. They have to do um, drug testing. Uh, so by the time they've done all of that and then they get back to the accommodation, it's quite late. Uh, so, yes, we did get to speak to him and uh, he was ecstatic. He was so pleased. He's been uh, had that as an aim for such a long time that uh, he was delighted. And are you pretty used to him travelling around the world, going to these international competitions? I know he was at the uh, Para Championships uh, in London uh, and he, he won a few uh, silver and bronzes, I think, over there. Um, it, it, is it a bit different this time around with the pandemic and, and knowing what's going on around the world? Well, everything has to be ultra-cautious this time. Um, I know Paralympics Australia are doing absolutely everything they can to make sure that they're in as a safe environment as they can be. Uh, I know all the Paralympians have been vaccinated prior to leaving and they have to be very cautious, like they can't eat in the dining room with the other athletes from the other countries. They have to eat in their accommodation. Um, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can to try and make it as safe as possible. Jennifer, what about Ben going back to, and those that are listening might know his background and how swimming became such a big part of his life. Can you tell us how that came to be? Yes, Ben was diagnosed with cerebral palsy when he was one year old. Um, he has a twin brother and you sort of, you go, well, okay, well, this one's doing this and this one isn't doing quite the same. So um, we went through the paediatrician and uh, the diagnosis was cerebral palsy. It does largely affect his legs and um, his coordination in his upper body to some degree as well. And... Um, it was then a case of, well, what would be good? And um, exercise is good. And um, swimming was one that worked well for us. And he carried on in that. He started competing when he was about 10, 11, maybe, obviously at a very junior level, and um, got the competitive bug. So he's been moving up the levels since then. Yeah, right. And, of course, he was a telethon star. What was that experience like? Oh, that was huge. He was only 11. He just turned 11. And... The Telephone family is very welcoming. They make sure you know what you're doing, where you're going, who you'll be seeing, and you're made to feel the centre of all the attention. And they, they were just so nice to him. And he got to speak to all these different stars and do all these different things. And at the age of 11, you're a bit fearless anyway. So he was just having a ball. He had a great time. Yeah, fantastic. And now, and now, a few years later, he's a Paralympian gold medalist at just 20. Uh, incredible achievement for anybody. And, and, and he's got another step. Tomorrow, he'll be racing in the 400 freestyle final. Uh, how do you think he's going to go? Well, he's got to get through the dust there in the morning. And um, he's going in ranked about sixth. And um, his, his main event is the 100 freestyle. Uh, the 400 being that little bit longer is a bit more of a stretch for him. He'll also be having a relay the night before, so tonight. And that is, again, likely to finish later in the evening. If they do medal, then they'll have that late finish again. And one of the things about cerebral palsy is it does take a while for your muscles to recover. So we'll just have to see how the heats go in the morning. And uh, I can go through the whole nervous, excited <laughs> and repeat process again. <laughs> exactly. Speaking to Jennifer Popham, the mum of WA star Ben Popham, of course, a gold medalist at uh, the Tokyo Paralympics as part of a Let's Go Tokyo podcast. Uh, need to ask you about uh, the coverage that 
the Paralympics are receiving, Jennifer, not just this year, but also building over the past three or four games, um, celebrating, showcasing the, the journey, the achievements of these athletes. And as Ben, your son, said, people who are a little bit different, it's, it's great to see they're getting acknowledged for what they are achieving at this level. It's been excellent. I think each year it gets a little bit more mainstream, a little bit more acceptable. It's more included with um, the standard news that goes out and the standard information. And we're seeing lots of people's disabilities be highlighted. So you're seeing somebody who has um, a leg that's been amputated or an arm that's amputated. And I think people look and go, okay, that's interesting. How do they go about their life? And now they can see it and they can get an answer to that question and say, well, they go about their life quite happily. They just make a few adjustments and off they go. Whereas in the past, I think people didn't have that answer to that question. And it was much harder for them to understand that people that have disabilities are really just as, you know, they're very similar to people that um, that don't have disabilities. They still have the same wants, desires, interests, etc. in life. So that giving that answer makes it so much more understandable, I think. Mm. And it's interesting, it touches on something that was raised in the opening ceremony. Uh, one of the themes was, I, I guess, around uh, normalising disability because so many people around the world have disabilities uh, and in, they wanted to encourage people, I guess, not to refer to Paralympians as inspirational or superhuman or in any way different. But But I look at Ben, and I see he's an Olympic gold, medal, uh, gold medalist at 20, and I, I can't help but think he's inspirational. Well, if you see that advert for We The 15, that is excellent. That puts together to say, yes, we have a disability, but don't treat us differently. We still, you know, have to tidy our bedrooms. We still have to go out and do the shopping and empty the dishwasher. Treat us as normal people that have perhaps got something a little bit different about us, but we can still achieve the same as everybody else. And, um, you know, Ben within that field has gone, okay, I want to do this. I want to swim. I want to be good at swimming. I want to be the best that I can. But he trains in a swim club full of a whole load of other kids that also have the same. I like swimming. I want to do the best that I can. And they don't have disabilities. So, they're, you know, the fact that he has a disability doesn't mean he can't have the same wants and desires as everybody else. So uh, they've all got that um, swimming desire to do well in common. So well said, Jennifer. Uh, just talk us through the next week or two for, for Ben. Uh, is it like the Olympics where once your events finish, you basically shuffled back home within 48 hours, and I'm presuming there's quarantine for 14 days, so a very similar path to what the Olympians went through recently? I believe the whole swim team's leaving on the 7th of September, and they will be quarantining at various places around Australia. Uh, at the moment, we're expecting Ben to do two weeks in hotel quarantine in Melbourne, but things seem to change so rapidly. You know, who knows by the time we get to the 7th of September. Um, but he will still have to do quarantine, same as everybody else. So we won't get him home till around about the 21st, 22nd, and look forward to giving him such a huge welcome home then. Yeah, well, Jennifer Popham, I know that you'll be watching him with a bit of nerves and a bit of excitement and a lot of pride. Uh, the rest of Australia will be too. We'll be cheering him on every, every step of the way. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on Let's Go Tokyo. Thank you. Aussies in action.
As we just mentioned, Ben earned us one of five golds we've received in the pool so far, and potentially we could see him on the podium again soon with him back in the pool tonight and tomorrow. And around the rest of the games, there's been some fantastic performances by the Aussies. Uh, Australian Reid McCracken overcame a rib injury to snare a silver medal for the third Paralympics in a row in the men's T34 wheelchair 100 metres. Yeah, wheelchair, that rib injury, I mean, they, that's not to be sneezed at, so to speak, pardon the pun, but that is a serious well, it would hurt when you impediment. sneeze. Absolutely. So congratulations to Reid to, to get onto the podium there. I didn't mention Matty Di Rosario. What a performance to take home gold in the T53 800-metre wheelchair race. And what makes her performance and this uh, effort so special it's her fourth olympics reaching silver every other year this year she finally cracked it for gold so well done to her it's a bit like a jess fox kind of situation yes. right? like a real fairy tale finish for her and what probably you'd think would be her last olympics um and also in the talk when it comes to things that have happened on the track i've got to give a shout out to our mate robin lambert uh who we interviewed on this show who won a bronze in the 100 meters so she's the third fastest over 100 meters in the world in her category which is just amazing terrific she'll come back with a massive smile on her face as she should. By the way, Japan, unfortunately uh, for us, uh, really thrashed Australia 60-52. to 52. When I say thrashed, they were defeated comfortably in their Paralympics wheelchair rugby bronze medal match. And this is significant because uh, our team finished without a Games medal for the first time since 2004. Uh, Riley Batt, the captain, led the way. 27 tries, but otherwise the Aussies couldn't match their arch rivals. Uh, Australia, by the way, came into the Games with gold medal expectations, but they lost key player Michael Ozan to illness during the tournament and they only won one of their three pool games. So below expectations for our wheelchair rugby players. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying at the top of the show, you know. Like, I think that there probably been a couple of cases where we haven't, I guess, achieved at the level that we would have hoped. It's a shame. Everyone does their best. It just sometimes that's how the dice rolls. Uh, uh, but meanwhile, in the Australia's uh, female goalball team, they snapped a 25-year Paralympic winning drought on Saturday with a 4-3 victory over Canada that coach Peter Court described as historic. They've lost every match at the at the 2000, 2012, 2016 Paralympics uh, since their last win, all the way back in 1996, which was a 2-0 result over South Korea. Uh, the Australian team was overcome with emotion after the result in Tokyo, three days after a heavy 11-1 defeat by Israel. Amazing stuff. And uh to try and sit back and watch some of these sports and some of these uh, athletes, in, we're learning on the run, of course, but uh, fascinating. And, and I suppose we did talk about this off air, about whether you could transfer some of these events and competitions from Paralympics to Olympics and maybe diversify and, and mix and match from able-bodied athletes with those that are competing at the Paralympics. Well, goalball's a great example because it's it, to even the playing field as far as the level of visual impairment, everyone plays blindfolded. Uh, and so there's no reason why you couldn't have Paralympians playing against uh, able-bodied Olympians. And I reckon it'd be fascinating to see who comes out trumps on that. Absolutely. Uh, well done to all those medalists for Australia. Hopefully there's some more to come. Tokyo's top moments. Team Great Britain Wheelchair Rugby have made history, their first ever gold in the sport, and their player David Ryan Cowling said, to come away with gold, it's beyond our expectations really. We wanted to be that first European rugby team to medal at the Paralympics, and we did more than just medal, we won gold, which was incredibly impressive, and not only that, one of its players, Kylie Grimes, also became the first woman to win gold in the sport at a Paralympic Games. She was the only woman in the team, so she's a real trailblazer. Terrific there. Also, 
with five Paralympic gold net medals next to his name from London 2012, Rio 2016 in multiple S11 freestyle swimming events, American Brad Snyder turned his attention to the triathlon in his attempt to make some history in Tokyo. And on day four, he did just that. He became the first American, male that is, to take gold in the triathlon at either the Olympics or the Paralympics. Uh, he is, by the way, Snyder fully blind. He dominated from start to finish and crossed the line in a time of uh, one hour, one minute, 16 in the men's PTVI. The 37-year-old is now a Paralympic champion in two sports. And I uh, have to say, Benny, that is... Uh, something quite extraordinary. Pretty rare. You don't get too many of those. Like I think Carl Lewis is one that springs to mind in the long jump and the sprints, but it, yeah, very rare. Rare as hen's teeth. Absolutely. Uh, but of course, there's more uh, news outside of that uh, bracket yeah. of international athletes. Of course. Well, veteran shot putter Lazaros opened a gym in his hometown in Greece to give people with disabilities more opportunities to train and become a para-athlete like him. And it wasn't long before his son, Leon Tios, decided to join. And now the pair train together in shot put. They compete in different classes. Lazaros is in F33 and his 22-year-old son is in F20. Uh, and the pair will be the only father and son competing at Tokyo in 2020. And you talk about it being rare for athletes to, to meddle in two sports. <laughs> to have a father and son at the same Olympics is unheard of. It's, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's out there, isn't it? Um, two things, uh, DNA, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree there, but also have a feeling at a family dinner that's going to cost a fair bit because uh, the shot putters they need some bulk they need some power <laughs> and they need some fueling and they that's exactly what that family's going to have to go through a, a, a lot of feta decent shopping uh, bill I reckon yeah exactly well let's talk about what's coming up there's a lot of amazing things still to come at the Paralympics tonight alone we've got the archery which is running all day today uh, women's individual compound elimination finals and medals and same for the men's uh, and then it's over to the athletics track heap of events uh, we've got the men's long jump, we've got discus, women's 1500 metre T11 final, men's 1500 metres, uh, shot put for the men and the women, uh, men's 100 metre T33 final and at the men's T34 final over 100 metres. The javelin is, is there as well. We've got discus uh, for the women, the F53 final, that's uh, a little bit later in the morning and the men's javelin, the F64 final. Uh, so many events, it's uh, hard to keep up but certainly there is a lot, long jump, Men's and women's shot put F11 final, the list goes on. Yeah, exactly. Later on tonight, you've got the men's 100 metres T63 and T64 finals. Uh, you've got the shot put F11 finals. Uh, so there's there's plenty to look forward to. And in the bocce, we've got the individual pool matches, which are happening today. It's always interesting. And equestrian uh, happening, the Savo, the dressage for individual freestyle, uh, either grades one to five is happening. And then football, five aside, also unfolding today. Group A, China versus versus France, Brazil versus Japan, in Group B, Thailand versus Morocco, and Spain versus Argentina. And what about gold ball? We've got that in the men's and women's prelim group matches. Our powerlifters get into motion as well. Men's 107 kilo final, the women's 86 kilo final, and of course we've also got the women's 86 plus, that's in the final category, and the men 107 kilos their final as well shooting uh, the r4 mixed 10 meter air rifle standing sh2 qualification and final and then there's the sitting volleyball which is happening all day today from 9 a.m till 7 30 p.m tonight men's and women's preliminary group matches back in the pool all day for the backstroke the freestyle butterfly medley and the relay finals tonight which of course as we know will feature ben popham Table tennis, uh, women's and men's singles gold medal matches, look out for that. And wheelchair basketball, also the men's group A and B prelim matches, Australia. 
take on Great Britain in the afternoon. That should be one to keep an eye out for. Yeah, and then wheelchair tennis as well unfolding today. It is a feast of sport. Uh, it's amazing. And the more, what I find is the more you watch, the more you get into it. Uh, just like just like the Olympics. You watch so many sports at the Olympics that you don't know anything about. Uh, but as you watch them, you learn more about it. You learn about what goes into competing at this elite level. And it's fascinating. I love it. Yeah, Ben's given the Australian team a bit of a rev up. He wants more medals, more podium finishes. Thinks we can get up into that top five, which we have historically done. So... Let's get to it the next week. It's all about uh, improving our performances and we're going to be right behind our team. Yeah, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. That's it from us for this week one wrap-up of the Paralympics. Join us again next week as we recap the Paralympic Games. You've been listening to Let's Go Tokyo by The West Live with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings.